1: Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Yes, great to have you on the program today. Thanks to the boys, Hayes and Mardo, back tomorrow for the run home between three and five. And then it's followed by a Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. As you heard, all thanks to Kia, the award winning seven seat Kia Sorrento. You can join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. I'd like to get involved today because we've got something a bit different. 0487 736 736. Shortly I'll be speaking to Roger Hayden, uh, former Fremantle defender. Played over 120 games for the Fremantle Dockers. Still involved in football. He's in charge of the Next Generation Academy. And his son, Uzziah Hayden, reportedly is a pretty good prospect. Is training with the South Fremantle Colts at the moment. Part of the Next Gen Academy. And certainly eligible if he does get picked up as a father and son combination for the Frio Footy Club. But they had their season launch today. And I'm speaking to Roger Hayden about what it means to him and all the indigenous footballers that are playing there now. I think there's about seven on the list, plus all the past players, and a lot were there today at the launch. What it means to have the Sir Doug Nichols round match. Now they drop the Fremantle name and they'll be called Well Yellowp. So it's the Well Yellowlop Football Club taking on Nam who is the, what is the Indigenous name that is used by the Melbourne Football Club. They started it, and Fremantle have become the second AFL club to endorse it. So we're going to speak to Roger Hayden in a moment. But it got me thinking, because there's been a lot of players from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background, men and women, that have played with the Fremantle Footy Club. And if you have to look at their list, and I'd like you to get involved... Who are the three most exciting players that you really enjoyed watching? They may not necessarily be an excitement machine in snapping goals from the pocket, but they were just very good at their craft. They might have been a ruckman. They might have been a defender. They might have been a forward. But you always enjoyed watching them. You know, the dashing display, maybe of Roger Hayden out of defence for Fremantle. Give us your top three, because there's some brilliant names, like Michael Johnson, Stephen Hill. Michael Walters, Troy Cook, Dale Kickett, Jeff Farmer, Desi Headland, others going back a bit, you know, Winston Abraham, Gavin Mitchell. Remember Gavin who came from the Claremont Footy Club? Bradley Hill spe- spent some time at Fremantle. So if you had to pick three players, because today is a celebration for the Fremantle Football Club by releasing the name for the Sir Doug Nichols round later this season to while well, Yallup. Give us your thoughts on three players that you thought they were just so good to watch, so good to watch. They could be current players, they could be past players. Uh, let's get your thoughts on it a bit later on. The other thing that I'm really sad about in some ways, and I feel for him, is 29-year-old Ashton Agar. Of course, David Warner is back. Mitchell Schwetzman came back for the birth of his child, Warner through injury, Hazelwood through injury, Pat Cummings because of uh, family reason, but will return to the subcontinent for the start of the next test. Ashton Agar, who went over there, probably thinking he's really excited about plying his craft on the subcontinent wickets, is now surplus to requirements and arrived back in Perth today. Ashley Nelson from Network 10 was there, and we'll speak to Ashley about it a bit later on. But it's really sad that he's been sent home after being pushed down the Australian spinning pecking order. He was seen as the number two behind Nathan Lyon as of the third test against South Africa in Sydney, but has seemingly been out of contention in India. And he becomes a third player, as I mentioned, alongside Hazelwood and Warner to be sent home. Now, the left armour was, as we know, pushed aside for 22-year-old Tom Murphy's pretty impressive debut. And then, after Schwepson went home for the birth of his first child, Matt Kuhneman was added to the squad and was snubbed for fellow left-arm Kuhneman's debut in Delhi. I really feel sorry for Ashton Agar. Again, the Australian cricket team got it all wrong. They got it all wrong, as Ian Healy mentioned, regarding not being prepared for the first test and losing the first two test matches because there was no lead-up games. And Ian Healy on this program said a couple of nights ago it was an absolute huge blunder. And now the other blunder is how could you play with a cricket professional's emotions the way you've done it with Ashton Agar? Okay, we've got a soft spot because he's a West Australian. But it's been terribly handled. It's been terribly handled. And I reckon the Australian cricket team at the moment and a bit of crisis both on and off the field regarding how they're handling themselves. But we'll come back to that a bit later on and we'll find out how Ashton was when he arrived at Perth International Airport a bit earlier today when we speak to uh, Ashley Nelson. Going back to the Fremantle Dockers season launch, again on the temperate bedshed text machine, uh, give us three Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander footballers that you really have enjoyed watching, either past, present at the Fremantle Football Club. And the temperate bedshed text machine is the following. 0487 736 736. This is what Simon Garlick said this morning at the season launch on rebranding to Wallyallup for the Doug Nicholls round.
2: Yeah, look, the idea of rebranding as um for Indigenous rain it was raised at board level around two years ago or so. Um, so it's certainly been on our radar and... It wasn't something that that, that occurred. Um, and then last year, Melbourne's name changed, which we thought was a really brave one, and where it was received, has inspired us to, to really advance those discussions. Um, you know really well, Mark, that we've got a... a, a, a it's pretty much an, inc- it's an incredible um, history of Indigenous players at our club, um, having had Indigenous players play more AFL games for our club than any other um, in, in AFL history, which is quite phenomenal when you think about our relatively young um, age as a club itself. So, um, you know, we've got incredibly strong links. The Wally the Wallyup is the, is the Aboriginal name for the Fremantle area. Um, and Roger Hayden, who's our uh, yeah, club legend, um, uh, life member and, and current NGA coach helped design a logo for us so- we're going to roll out um, for, for the Sir Doug Nicholls round, and, and I think it's fitting that we're wally up are going to play Nam. I think it's May 27 at the MCG to kick off National Reconciliation Week, so we think it's a it's a really important important symbolic step for us as a club to take to uh, to, to recognise um, the Indigenous influence that's been had on our club.
1: So there you go, and we'll speak to Roger Hayden in just a moment there. Just mentioned in conversation in the chat this morning on the Mornings program with Mark Duffield, Simon Garlick. He also was asked the question regarding the captaincy. We thought they may announce it today. They certainly didn't announce it today. And this is what Simon said about when the new captain will be unveiled
2: like a coaching appointment process from my mind. I think you want it to happen as quickly as possible. You can't compromise the process in any way. And there were certainly people who were were impatient in relation to our AFLW coaching process timeline and thought that was taking too long. But um, the one thing that we've got to make sure we do on behalf of our members is not compromise They're really important decisions and announcements like this. So it would have fit really neatly and would have been fantastic to, to be able to do so at the season launch today. But the timing of it all, um, just didn't work out in that manner. So, process is ongoing. Um, the players voted last night, um, so we worked through that. You know, in reality, over the next couple of days, where um, a critical stakeholder group in the in the coaching staff will have input. Um, we'll work through it with a number of other key stakeholders, including you know the final um, check off with the club board, given the enormity of the decision. So, you know, we're certainly um, confident. We're always aiming for at least one of the pre-season practice matches to have this leadership group in place. Um, I'm pretty confident that that's going to occur for two starting this week um, when we play Adelaide at Coburn on Friday.
1: So there you go Simon Garlick, uh, the CEO of the Fremantle Footy Club on the mornings program this morning on where the captaincy situation does sit. We're going to speak to Roger Hayden next. Uh, Looking forward to having a chat to Rog, who was pivotal in relation to the big announcement today for the change of name by the Fremantle Football Club for the Sir Doug Nicholls round. We'll discuss that next here on Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Kia. Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Don't me, don't me. Me. OK, great to have you company. Sports Day WA. The temperate bedside text machine is going off 0487 736 736. So what I'm asking, before I speak to Roger Hayden, he is on the back end of uh, today's announcement at the season launch at the Sir Doug Nicholls round match against Nam, because that is Melbourne. It'll be, the Fremantle name will go and it'll be Wild Yallop. Okay, so it's uh, Nam versus Wild Yallop. And we look at the, and as you heard from Simon Garlic, the Fremantle Football Club in their short history have paraded more Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander players than any other AFL club, which is a testimony to their development and the embracement of the Indigenous culture. And I thought to myself, give us the top three players that you just loved watching. They didn't have to be excitement machines. They were just nice players. They were speedy. They were effective. And as I said, I rattled off quite a few. There's been Michael Johnson, who holds the record for most games for Fremantle as an Indigenous footballer, 244. But there's Stephen Hill. There's Michael Walters, there's Troy Cook. There's Dale Kickett, Jeff Farmer, the Wiz, Desi Hedland And as I said, going back, there was Winnie Abraham, Gavin Mitchell came from Claremont. Bradley Hill was there for a few seasons. There's a few others as well. Um, give us your thoughts. And let's having a look at the temperate beg shed text machine here. Hi, Pete. Great show. I love watching Stephen Hill Michael Johnson and Troy Cook. And what we might do, boys, we'll get a vote and see who our listeners believe is uh, at the top of the tree. Anthony Grover, this is Nolsey. Anthony Grover stands out for me. 202 games and life member for Frio. So Anthony Grover gets a vote there. Uh, Hi, Pete. This is from Mike in Palmyra. Nice work by Billy around Rory Lobb's comments. Lobb had a break our year as a Ford, and he should thank the coach instead of taking a swipe on the way out. Don't waste your time on Rory Lobb, Mike. Honestly, it's not worth it. The Bulldogs can have him and see his true colours. Uh, there's a few others coming through right now and also a few about what I commented about Ashton Agar as well and we'll get to that in just a tick. That number again, 0487 736 736 Paul has also texted in. Paul McGovern, who's down there at GNA Lombardy. Lombardi. Good uh, supporter of uh, the program. How do you name only three Aboriginal footballers for the Fremantle Football Club? However, you would start with Dale Kickett and his knockout punch on Phil Reed as number one, Jeff Farmer for excitement, Anthony Grover for his strength in defence, Scotty Chisholm for his freeze flair, also Stephen Hill for his flair as well, and Michael Walters for determination. So, Paul who's down there at uh, GNA Lombardy Lombardi in Forestfield. Go and see him, formerly at W. Ahino. You may have remembered me having a chat to him. And there's the big truck just going there past now. Electric trucks down there too, boys. They've got electric trucks down there. Uh, good on you, Paul. He's just rattled off a heap there. He'll uh, Certainly his suggestions will go on the uh, voting panel slip that uh, my producers Jimmy and Lee are putting together. Uh, we're going to welcome Roger Hayden before we continue and get back to the... Uh, temperate bedshed text machine zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six as they're coming through thick and fast. Roger Hayden is a, an outstanding footballer, played 128 games for Frio, now is involved in a very, very important role, and we welcome him to the program. Hey, Rog. Thanks for having me, mate. How are you? Yeah, going well, going well. It's a um, pretty
0: exciting day. Uh, it's a season launch, and... Just getting a few things done um, here at the
1: club, setting up our uh, NGA program for the year. Yeah, the Next uh, Generation Academy program you're involved with. Tell us a little bit more about that and how long you have been involved in bringing through the next generation of AFL football and hopefully for the Fremantle Football Club.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a pretty good program for us over the last... um, three or four years and uh, getting getting a few guys getting drafted from, from the program. So, um, yeah, basically around our Indigenous and multicultural um, groups are, uh, around our five aligned waffle clubs in the regional and remote um, areas and then our metro areas as well. So, um, yeah, that's that's been pretty successful. Our 14s and 15s um, cohort will be starting up their training pretty soon and we'll have a game against West Coast with those two age groups um, over the next month or so, um, and then our elite program uh, with our 17s, 18s, uh, getting them in on Sunday for a little recovery session and just, just building some good habits into them for, for their year because that age group are generally going to be pretty busy uh, with Colts and PSA and, and state programs.
1: So um, looking forward to getting those guys in. All right, let's get closer to the Hayden family. How's a Zaya, your son, going? <laughs>
0: He's, he's going well. He's, uh, he's down at uh, South training at the moment, so and, and started a, started his um, work with uh, Aaron Sandling's company, um, Gecko uh, Contracting, which mm-hmm. is a landscaping business, and he's, he's loving it. So just being outdoors and um, getting around, and cleaning the parks up. Um, yeah, it's more suited to yeah. what he what he loves doing. Um, and yeah, just trying to get a good balance and routine. And um, yeah.
1: Is he part of of the next Gen Academy? Yeah, well, he he falls under all three um,
0: categories when it comes to um, talent coming through. So indigenous, multicultural with his mum, uh, come from South Africa and then the the father-son. So, um, yeah, he's he's across all three and enjoying his football at the moment. So hopefully he has has a good year.
1: Yeah, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? It'd be an actual... Bit of a, uh, a spin out if uh, he did get picked up. And of course, we're looking into the future a bit in crystal ball stuff. You know, father, son, you played 128 games at Fremantle. We could have another Hayden maybe wearing the purple, uh, all going well. Yeah, well, um, that, that's his dream, and uh, I'm just here
0: to support him as, as dad. And um, as long as he's enjoying himself, so, uh, though, that's, that's the main thing. He's got a smile on his face, and he's going to. A, a great program down at South Korea at the moment and um, looking forward to, I think, a little intra-club this weekend and then getting stuck in some scratch matches over the next month or so before um, round one. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's he's happy, he's enjoying himself and um, we'll see how it goes throughout the year and uh, what happens um, come national draft.
1: Yeah, no pressure on the young fella, but we do wish him the best of luck. Let's hope it uh, really goes well for him. It'd be great to see another Hayden playing in the purple. Saying that, you had the season launched this morning, the Fremantle Football Club, and coming out of it, as I said, such a a great heritage when it comes to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history there at Fremantle, that the Sir Doug Nicholls round, which is, of course, the tribute to the Indigenous footballers and the Indigenous culture, to our Indigenous game of Australian rules football. The club will drop Fremantle for that round and be called Well Yallup uh, Football Club. Your thoughts on that, Roger, being one of many Indigenous players that came through Fremantle? Uh, yeah,
0: well, so I'll, I've been um, a part of the process leading up to um, the season launch and um, the, the Wellyallup um, rebrand for, for those rounds. I, I guess... Um, and it's it's been exciting so to see um, Melbourne um, as an arm last year was so we basically had a few conversations and and it's been sort of going through the process of of the last two years um, of of getting this up and running uh, and to see it finalised and being being rebranded while you're up for Doug Nichols round this year um, is going to be exciting and really looking forward to it and just been. Uh, an Indigenous past player and um, our history and our culture at Fremantle from its inception to to where it is now has always been really strong with Indigenous players and, um, to yeah, like I said, to see that um, being rebranded while you're up and um, sharing our our history and our culture about this area Mm -hmm. um, is is fantastic. So really looking forward to uh, that round and
1: um, the build-up around it. Do you think other clubs will follow? You mentioned NARM being the Melbourne Football Club. They were the first club to adopt that, and now it's followed by Fremantle. Do you see a growing trend within the AFL regarding this? Oh, I'd like to hope so. so and it's just acknowledging and sharing our
0: our shared history um, and, and embracing Aboriginal culture. More thinking about before colonisation, there's always... Um, Someone in those areas where our AFL footy clubs are, um, and it's just about acknowledging that and embracing that, and then, and just digging a little bit deeper about that that area um, that has those Aboriginal um, links to to the club. So it's uh, exciting, and hopefully it does. Um, set a trend for for the rest of the, the 16 clubs, and no doubt it, it will. And it, to what extent, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, it would be exciting.
1: Mm. What was the feeling at the launch this morning, Roger, uh, regarding Fremantle and what the season could possibly provide the Dockers? Um,
0: it was it was eerie, to be honest. I was just sitting there quiet and just listening. I think everybody has a quiet confidence and. Um, just to build in to playing against different opposition because Justin alluded to playing against each other. With, with, um uh match him and uh, you know each other inside out and you know the game plan, so you're always talking about ball movement was good or your defence you need to work on this, but to, to go up against Adelaide this week is going to see where we're at and give us a um, good benchmark to where the season um, can lead us. So I think there's just a quiet confidence, but to to see the boys just keep a level head and really focus on working hard and, and getting what we need to get right to give ourselves the best chance the, uh, come uh, September is what we focus on. So um, it'll be a good little hit out against Adelaide this week and then Port Adelaide next
1: week just to give us a good run into to round one. Just having a look at the launch this morning, many thought that possibly the next captain to succeed Nat Fyfe may be announced. We've found out from Simon Garlick. It probably will be announced either later this week or early next week, possibly after the first hit-out this weekend. Have you got an idea yep. or have you got in any ways an opinion on maybe who should be handed the baton from Fyfe? Um,
0: I think... Everybody's going to have an opinion about it, but um, I think whoever, whoever dons the, the captain's band, I guess, will no doubt lead the club really well. So, and, there, and there's a few that can fall into that, fall into that category. Um, uh, no doubt, we think about what happened last year while Matt was out, and Alex led the team really well. And um, you know, you got some great leaders and young leaders as well coming through the club with Andy and, and Caleb and a lot of guys. Uh, there's been a lot of attention on those guys, so um, it'll be exciting either way and, and well-deserved to whoever, whoever gets the, the captain's um, call and uh, really looking forward to the announcement, to be honest. I'm mm. so, um, yeah, not too sure,
1: though. I'm too lea- I, uh, well, I'm leaning towards Alex Pierce, and, uh, you know, when we're talking about the Indigenous uh, football at Fremantle and what was announced today regarding Sir Doug Nicholls' round. As we know, Alex Pearce falls under that umbrella as, of course, uh, having Indigenous uh, heritage. Uh, it could be what the very first Indigenous uh, captain of Fremantle would that be correct?
0: Uh, well, officially, yeah, and no, I think throughout our history there's been. Few games here and there. I think sometime some captain one game um, last year, and just as uh, to have a, have that, that, that'd be really special. But um, until
1: Friday, we, we won't know until then. So, <laughs> Good stuff. Um, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll see.
1: Not bad, is it? When you look at the players that have come through, you know, Michael Johnson, Stephen Hill, Anthony Grover, Michael Walters, Troy Cook, Dale Kicker, Jeff Farmer, Roger Hayden, yeah. Des Headland. Gee, there's some great names there, isn't there?
0: Uh, there's some some beauties in there. So yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure, but maybe Jono would have captained one game as well. So yeah. the the single game, but to, yeah, to don the the captain's armband and um, lead the team out. Yeah, is, good stuff. Something that's special. So um, we'll
1: we'll find out soon. Good on you, Rog. Thanks for joining us. And apart from that, life treating you well. Uh going really well. Yeah, just enjoying.
0: Uh, my work at the club and um, trying to help these young fellas come through and, and fulfil their dreams and getting out into the, to the community is, is a um, great part of what I do at the moment and just enjoying what I'm doing.
1: Mm, and finally, do you feel that your former club is in for a big year? Can they possibly fetch that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Do you think it's a possibility?
0: Uh, there's always possibility, but as we know, there's... So, I mean, other clubs that think the same and um everybody is trying to get to that, that end goal and um I'm truly hopeful that we do get it really soon. But um yeah, but the old old cliche's one day at a time and taking one step at a time with the young group and it's yeah, all we can do at the moment. So that's uh, thinking too far ahead.
1: Good on you, Rog. Thanks for joining us, mate. Lovely to reconnect and have a chat, and uh, we'll keep in touch. All the best with the program as well. And all, all the best, too, to Isaiah. Let's hope he has a great season for South in the Colts there.
0: Much appreciated, mate. Thank you.
1: Yeah, lovely to chat to you, Rog. Uh, Roger Hayden joining us here on the program. Uh, give us your thoughts. Come on. Uh, see that uh, Jeff Farmer, Dale Kickett, Roger Hayden, the top three for Roy. Uh Looking at others, we've got Lisa. She says, hi, Peter. The players that stood out were Stephen Hill, Jeff Farmer, Troy Cook, Roger Hayden. That's from Lisa. Uh, this is another Roy says here. Roger uh, Hayes said earlier, my old mate Luke McFarlane was the best backman in Frio history. Thoughts? Do you agree? Well, I didn't have a chance to actually throw that to Roger because I was just on air with him. What made him better than the rest? But uh, he was outstanding, Luke McFarlane. One thing he could do is take a a brilliant grab. Mike uh, says, hi, Pete. Best three Indigenous players at Frio. Alex Pierce. who I believe, as we discussed, I think we'll be the next Fremantle captain, Michael Johnson and Stephen Hill. Are you jotting all these down, boys? Because we're going to do the final tally just before 6 o'clock. Get on the temperate bedshed text machine now, 0487 736 736. We're going to touch on Ashton Agar as well on the other side of this break. We're going to speak to uh, Network 10 reporter in Ashley Nelson. She was at Perth International Airport when Ashton flew back just a short time ago, and we'll find out exactly uh, how he was and what he had to say. And there's been a bit coming through on the uh, text machine about Ashton Agar saying, Pete, I cannot believe some of the decisions made by Cricket Australia, some massive blunders. It's almost enough for the coach to be moved on and another captain. I agree we have a soft spot for Ashton, but what a circus. More mistakes uh, on the World Cup leaving head out crazy. That's Paul from down at Margaret River who's listening. Good on you, Paul. Good to hear from you. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more of that issue, plus a lot more on your voting for the Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander footballers that you just loved to watch at the Fremantle Footy Club. Roger was one of them. It's 530 Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Don't change me, Don't change me. Yes, it is. Sports Day, WA with Peter Blah. Thanks to Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento is happening right now. From the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Uh, Alex Big Al says, uh, Peter, they reckon Langer's man management was not in tune with best practice. But when you look at the way Ashton Agar has been treated, it is clear the man management under the current Cricket Australia regime has hit an all-time low. Little wonder that recent Australian performances have been substandard. Tony Dodder the former uh, Victorian all-rounder, played for Australia as well, said this on Ashton Agar earlier today.
3: Ashnago went home last night as well, uh, and a bit of the context around that, really with the, the structure of the squad now, with their players coming back online as well, Cameron Green, Mitchell Stark coming back, it gives us an opportunity for different options of team structure. We'll also, with, uh, with Mitchell Swepson coming back as well, they'll, they'll, they'll essentially give us five spinners in the squad for the remaining two tests which is which is probably too many, really, uh, saving uh, saving a disaster. So uh, with Ashton, he's, he's worked incredibly hard when he was here. He's done his absolute best to, to support the team. Uh, we don't doubt it. We acknowledge all the work that he's done here. He's really uh, tried his backside off. The remaining four spinners, so uh, Ashton will also be named in the one-day squad uh, tomorrow. And so there is an opportunity for Ashton to get some valuable game time. Uh, WA play a match this weekend against uh, Tasmania, and they also have the guaranteed final at the WACA uh, after that. So, Ash gives the opportunity to, to go home, to to shift the focus, play a couple of, of really highly competitive matches and, and be the, have the best possible preparation for the one-day series, uh, coming back at uh, basically in a month's time, three weeks or so uh, time.
1: Yeah, good on you, Tony. Yeah, you've only shattered his confidence. So, he's coming back here. He's got to play in the one-day Marsh Cup. Uh, for WA, he's got to play in the final as well. He's been there. No doubt what has gone through his mind. He feels inferior because he didn't get a game. When he, of course, left Australian shores, he thought himself, uh, I'm looking forward to playing in the first test. Okay, it was a good call with Murphy. He took seven wickets in the first innings. But the Kuhneman situation got me. Uh, The fact that they flew in another spinner. Who made that call? Who made that call that Kunwin comes in? Ashton Agar's there. Give him the opportunity. Give him the opportunity. And saying, oh, well, he's going to be named in the one-day squad. So he's flying all the way from the subcontinent back here to, to Perth to link up with his WA boys. Walks in the room, all the WA boys. What do they say to him? Bad luck, Ash. I know it didn't go well for you. That's the last thing you want to hear. That's the last thing you want to hear. And regardless of what Tony Dodder said, that is utter rubbish. Okay, we get a bit more confidence when he comes out. He had a bit of confidence when he left. He just shattered that confidence. Anyway, uh, that's what he said Tony Dodder made, and I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I reckon the Australian selectors, I reckon the Australian cricket setup at the moment has gone to the dogs. Don't worry about that. And Steve Smith's dressing room blow-up has been revealed as well as the Aussie cricket team continues to reel following its collapse in the second test. Senior cricket figures, including coach Andrew McDonald, have had Aussie cricket greats venting their frustration, and maybe non cricket greats also venting their frustration, with the way things have been prepared. And to say that they still believe the preparation was right going into the series night by not playing any lead up games. As we know, the other day, Smith triggered the collapse when he was brought undone by Ravi Ashwin while attempting his first sweep of the entire series. And he let his emotions rage. He's returned to the dressing room full of anger towards himself. And it's happened a few times with Smith. He's left the arena uh, absolutely criticising himself. His body language has been poor. Okay? So let me also say that Cricket Australia high performance manager Ben Oliver's come out and denied the failure to have a tour match before the start of the series in India it was a mistake. You judge by your results. Ben and the results haven't been too good, so the preparation hasn't been too good, and as Ian Healy said, the first two test matches have almost been like their lead-up games, and that's when you sort out the problems, and maybe that's when you should have bowled Ashton Agar in a couple of lead-up games, and maybe he might have been all right, and you wouldn't have been in damage control, as you have been at the moment. Twenty to six, uh, Ash Nelson from Channel 10 News has got a very special report on Ashton Agar about to air, and she joins us here on Sports Day. Now, Ash, thanks for your time. Hello, Ash. How are you? That must have been my mum texting no, you. No, okay. no, no, it was a male by the name of Roy. You've got him chasing you left, ah. right and centre. <laughs> uh, tell us what transpired today, Ash. You went down to the International Airport. I, I vented my frustration in the way Ashton Agar's been treated. How was he?
4: I think that's probably the the thing. All of us uh, WA um, supporters of him probably were a bit frustrated. And I think he was more disappointed. It's probably the better way to, to put it. Um, he said, obviously, it's not an ideal situation to be sent home from a tour. But the reality was is that he wasn't going to play. And I think that he was um, appreciative of the fact that Cricket Australia were quite transparent with selection and that he wasn't going to play the um, the test matches that were coming up. And so he thought, well... If that is the case, coming back and being able to play a little bit more white ball cricket, which he will be available to, to play with the Marsh Cup coming up at least two games there, he can at least prepare himself to head back over to India and play some white ball cricket when that sort of comes to transpiring March. So uh, disappointed not being able to play test cricket, but also he's one of those guys, and I think anyone that sort of speaks to Ashton Agar or listens to him speak, that he's very philosophical about where he is in his career. He's 29 years of age and so there's probably uh, a few that are are coming up and comers.
1: Uh, We seem to have lost Ash Nelson again, unfortunately with the uh, the telephone line so uh, that's a a bit of a pity. She sort of gave us a bit of a wrap on uh, where he was at uh, but it appears that uh, we've just lost her for the time being. Thanks, Ash. Anyway, uh, it's coming up uh, 12 to 6 with Peter Vlahos here. And uh, you're on the Sports Day program. All thanks to our friends at Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. Last night, uh, in fact, in the early hours of the morning, the Champions League continued, and I don't think anybody would have expected Liverpool to concede five goals at home. I can't recall in all the years that I've been following, certainly football and particularly in the EPL and even the Champions League, for Liverpool to concede five goals at home. It was Liverpool 2, Real Madrid 5. Liverpool were 2-0 up, and then Real Madrid scored 5 successive goals. This was the fifth.
4: It's on a hat of course. Gives the chance for Benzema. Still Benzema. He placed it to perfection. It's the perfect counter-attack. And they are high-fiving him.
1: So there you go. That was the fifth goal by Benzema. And this is what Jurgen Klopp had to say after what was a miserable night for the Liverpool fans at Anfield.
2: Half-time
4: rather positive, to be honest. So I think, OK, well, this, this happened, um, we have to play in this and that spaces, um, if you do that, keep doing that, they will have problems. Um, and let we start with uh, you can see the third goal, which is a horrible goal, and today it was pretty much the game-changer. I don't say that's now OK, that it's a game-changer, but it, it was today. Um, we lost the momentum in that moment. Um, and never got it really back. In the first half, we could have scored a third one. We had our moments, so we have been unlucky here with the scrappy situation um, in the six-yard box. In the second half, obviously, the game was the game Real Madrid wanted to play.
1: So that was Jurgen Klopp, uh, former Liverpool skipper, and he's idolised at Anfield. Uh, Steven Gerrard was at the game at Anfield. He was part of a football panel, and this is what he had to say after going down. He's seen his former club go down by five to two.
3: Yeah, I think it's a reality check, Um, as you say, you got off to the perfect start, exactly what you need in a European night start, fast, get yourself in front, build on it, tune it up, but then from that moment, um, Real Madrid came back into it, scored quite quick, fantastic goal, from then Liverpool were dominated and outclassed for large periods periods from there. How worrying to concede five? Well, look, I think any team, any club, if you, if you concede five goals, there's got to be an inquest into why and how. And I'm sure going will do that in, in the coming days. Um, I think everyone will be a bit raw on the back of that defeat. Liverpool don't concede five goals here at Anfield. Um, if they do, it, it's very rare. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a bit of soul searching, a bit of looking in the middle, sure. There always is when you concede that many goals. And, um, yeah, it
1: went good enough. They weren't good enough uh, to concede five successive goals after leading by two goals to nil. And if you catch the highlights, both goalkeepers had howlers. There was uh, some serious mistakes made by the respective goalkeepers. Certainly the Real Madrid goalkeeper was responsible for the second goal that Liverpool scored. It was very similar, actually, to what happened to um, Ryan, the goalkeeper for the Socceroos, when they conceded the second goal against Argentina at the uh, World Cup. This was even worse. And then, of course, even the Real Madrid, that was a Real Madrid goalkeeper, even the Liverpool goalkeeper uh, had a howler as well. Uh, Check the highlights and you can see what I'm talking about. In the Sheffield Shield match today, all thanks to Tyre Power. uh, Sports update here, buy three, get one free on selected Falcon tyres. During Tyre Power's best buys on big brands, Uh, They're in control, WA. They made 300 in their first innings, and today they dismissed Tasmania for 169. Top score was Jordan Silk, who plays for the Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash, if you recall the name. Jordan made 45, coming in at number six. Uh, Also, Bo Webster, the all-rounder, made 52, coming in at number eight. All out, as I mentioned, for 169. And the bowling figures pretty well distributed. Uh, well done to Charlie Stobbo. 16.2 over three mains. He was leading wicket-taker, three for 45. Just shows you the depth that, that WA has, both with bat and ball. Joel Paris took two wickets, two for 41, and Matthew Kelly, uh, two for 30. Singles to Aaron Hardy, Marcus Stoinis, and Corey Roccacioli. And in reply in the second innings, WA are one for 92. Sam Whiteman, the man out, for 30. Cameron Bancroft is 59 out. He's hit seven boundaries off 88 balls in his half-century and Teague Wiley is not out on 10. So WA, after losing to South Australia at the Adelaide Oval in their previous Sheffield Chilled match, certainly are on top at Bloodstone Arena there in Hobart, just repeating they lead Tasmania by 223 runs with nine wickets remaining. Now, tomorrow on Sports Day, I'll be looking at the Matildas. Tonight, they've got their final dress rehearsal for the 2023 Women's World Cup. And that is drawing pretty close. Uh, They've already retained the Cup of Nations trophy, following wins over Chechia, or the Czech Republic, and Spain last week. And tonight they're taking on Jamaica. And uh, just having a look, uh, we'll bring you a full wrap on the FIFA Women's World Cup. We've got a special guest on the program tomorrow night. Just regarding the poll that we've been conducting on the back end of the big announcement from Fremantle regarding the Sir Doug Nicholls round and their changing of the name. And I said, well, when you look at Fremantle, they've had such a, a rich history of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders playing with the club since their inception back in 1995. And I asked you to maybe vote 3 2, one on who you really enjoyed watching over the years in uh, the purple jumper of the Fremantle Footy Club. So the three top vote-getters from you, our Sports Day WA family, are three. In fact, we'll start with one. One to Stephen Hill. Congratulations, Steve. You went at one. Second was Michael Johnson. And the player that uh, came out on top was Troy Cook. Good old cookie. So there you go. Troy Cook. Michael Johnson and Stephen Hill. As I mentioned, some fantastic players. Uh, Fremantle have done themselves proud in relation to the profile of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders footballers. And well done to Roger Hayden. Thanks for joining us, Rog. He was on earlier today, now involved with the Next Generation Academy as well. Okay, that's the show. Thanks for joining us again. I'll be back at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Thanks to Jimmy and also thanks to Lee. By the way, for our friends at New Farm, Australian through and through the weather tomorrow. We're heading for a top of around about 27 degrees in Perth, 26 in Bunbury. New Farm's products are formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm, Australian through and through. See you tomorrow here on Sports Day WA.